1: The Patriot is WWTC, Minneapolis, St. Paul, FM 107.5, K298CO, Minneapolis, Intelligent Radio.
0: With SRN News, I'm Jason Walker. Three U.S. Marines have been killed, 20 others injured when their osprey went down on an Australian island during a training exercise. That comes during the exercise Predators Run involving 2,500 troops from five countries. Much of Florida is still under a state of emergency as a tropical storm begins to form.
2: Governor DeSantis made the declaration Saturday. It covers the Gulf Coast from Fort Myers in the southwest, north through Panama City in the Panhandle. 33 of the state's 67 counties are included. The governor is encouraging residents along the Gulf Coast to also begin their preparations. National Hurricane Center says there is a 70% chance the system will become a tropical storm by Monday and 90% chance overall. Right now, it would be Tropical Storm Edalia. Rhonda Rockster reporting.
0: And this is SRN News.
3: This week in the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt, brought to you in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Former President Donald Trump is indicted yet again. Senator Tom Cotton.
0: I think it's another politicized prosecution that's more befitting of a third world banana
1: republic than our great country.
3: Join us for our program and sign up for our podcast at townhallreview.com.
1: Every Saturday evening at 7 and Sunday nights at 11, here on AM 1280, The Patriot, Intelligent Radio. Visit am1280thepatriot.com to check out our 18K Gas and Groceries Giveaway. 13 winners will score between $500 and $1,000, and one grand prize winner gets a year's worth of gas and groceries. Enter daily at am1280thepatriot.com. It's our 18K Gas and Groceries Giveaway. From the Genovations region, weather center, low of 61 degrees tonight with clear skies, into Monday, more sunshine for the day, high of 83 degrees. It's am 1280 thepatriot
4: Portions of the following program may have been pre recorded.
5: Stand by for the Northern Alliance Radio Network and go launch sequence. Engineering, go flight. Master control, go flight. Studio engineer, go flight. We are go for launch in T minus three,
1: two, one. We have liftoff. The Northern Alliance Radio Network is on the air. Live and local from the AM-1280, The Patriot Studios in Eagan, here is The Closer, Brad Carlson.
6: AM-1280, The Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network. Back with our number two of the broadcast, we like to call The Closer. That's me, Brad Carlson. Thanks, as always, for tuning into our show. You can check out my blog at bradcarlson.org. And we are here to take a phone call, 651-289-4488. You can also weigh in via Twitter. Just use hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show for comments or questions. And if you'd like to check out our Northern Alliance Radio Network Facebook page, feel free to do so. Just do a search for the Northern Alliance Radio Network via Facebook. Give us a like or a follow if you haven't done so already. And we have the live stream up and running where I'm uh, waving to the camera, as is my esteemed guest, uh, Mark Hearing. Mark, is, uh, it's an annual tradition. He joins us in studio to uh, talk some NFL specifically the NFC North division, because, again, Mark's a Packers fan. I'm a Vikings fan, so it's really the only division we care about and we'll be focusing upon. So we're, we're going to take each segment, each of the four segments, to break down each of the four teams, go in alphabetical order, Chicago, Detroit, Green Bay, and Minnesota. So, Mark Hearing, always good to see you, sir. How are you?
7: I'm doing great, and I appreciate the opportunity, as always, to opine on the issue of the NFC North.
6: Yeah, you know, it's, uh, uh, I think... I think we pretty much, I remember talking last year, we nailed 2021's division standings. I couldn't tell you how they actually went, but I remember we got them right. I don't remember what we were predicted for 2022. I know as a Vikings fan, uh, as I try to be level-headed, but even at my most rose-colored glasses, I could have never predicted a 13-win season last year. So uh, will they duplicate that? Well, we'll get to the Vikings later on. But as we uh, promise, we're going to talk about the Chicago Bears. uh, To say last year was rebuilding, certainly an understatement. They turned the reins over to young quarterback uh, Justin Fields, who has certainly shown some flashes, ran for 1,000 yards, Last season, uh, i got to say, Mark Hearing, if they're going to rely upon Justin Fields to run for a 1,000 yards again, he might go the way of Colin Kaepernick. And I'm not talking about taking a knee during the National Anthem.
7: No, it won't be anything about his political leanings. I think it'll just be about the fact that he will be increasingly ineffective. And, I mean, the Bears have a history of this. Those of you who are old-timers remember Bobby Douglas, and that is the potential path.
6: Well, obviously the Bears' biggest splash came during the offseason because you remember— uh, last year it was pretty much looked like the Houston Texans were going to coast to the number 1 overall pick and then the Bears old coach Levy Smith threw him a bone said, "Nah, we're going to we're going to try to win this uh regular season finale meaningless game in Indianapolis and the Texans did giving the Bears the number 1 overall pick. Then the Bears flipped that pick to the Carolina Panthers for multiple first round picks and wide receiver DJ Moore. So in addition to Moore, they have wide receiver Chase Claypool and uh, Khalil Herbert, who is a guy that, in limited duty last year, ran for close to six yards of carry. So, at least at the skill positions, Mark, hearing significant upgrade?
7: Yeah, maybe. We'll have to see. D.J. Moore is legit. There's no question about it. He is a fine receiver. Did very good work for Carolina. A very bad Carolina team. Mm-hmm. The question, I think, is the Bears have had skill position players in the past who've been really talented. The question is, offensively, can they make that work? I remember a time, it wasn't that long ago, when the Bears sent out wide receivers named Brandon Marshall and Alshon Jeffrey. Who were two of the best wide receivers in the league. Did it help the Bears? Not particularly. DJ Moore is not as good as either of those gentlemen were in their prime. He's a good player, though, and we'll have to see. Darnell Mooney has a chance to be a good player if he can stay healthy. Chase Claypool has all the tools he has yet to to demonstrate that he can actually continue to be effective all the time. And they have a couple of guys, including former Packer Big Bob Robert Tunyon, there for tight end. So they do have some guys out on the wings, but we're just going to have to see if, first of all, Fields can get him the ball, and second of all, Fields can get him the ball because he's running for his life.
6: I mean, let's be honest. This is a transition year for the Bears. They were 3-14 and last season, ranked near the bottom in pretty much any statistical categories, offense, and defense, and again, uh, very savvy move. They flipped the number one overall pick, traded down uh, to number nine, and then traded down again to uh, I believe it was the ten- tenth overall pick. They got a, they got what they hope is a uh, is a uh, franchise tackle in uh, is Darnell Wright, out of Tennessee. And they've got draft capital coming up in later years. I think they got a number one pick in 2024. they got a first or second round pick in 2025. So I think this is a year of transition where they're going to see what they have with those young offensive players. Uh, Defensive side of the ball, when we talk about the Chicago Bears, the first thing that comes up, well, Bears, 85 Bears, one of the greatest defenses of all time, Monsters of the Midway. What can you tell us about their defense, if anything? Uh,
7: This is not the 1985 Bears. We Uh, could start there.
6: (laughs) (laughs) It's not even close. I mean,
7: they have, I mean, I'm looking at it. They have picked up a very good player, a good linebacker from Buffalo, Tremaine Edmonds, who was pretty solid. And I think he'll help them for sure. Defensive lineman, can you name a defensive lineman on the Chicago Bears um, without having to look it up? Probably not. And that should tell you something. Maybe somebody who's really into it might know who Travis Gibson is, maybe. But that's the problem. These guys aren't people who you're necessarily going to know. They did draft a guy that I kind of like named Zach Pickens out of South Carolina. He has a chance to be good, but they're not very good. Linebackers are going to be the key to the team. They actually have a couple of um, former Wisconsin Badgers, for you Badger fans in the audience, in Jack Sanborn and T.J. Edwards. T.J. Edwards had played with the Philadelphia Eagles, and— won a Super Bowl with them. And so there's some talent there. And defensively they've got guys. Eddie Jackson's a pretty good player. Jaquan Brisker they have hope for, a second year player out of Penn State. Kyler Gordon is a guy who's shown a couple of flashes, but generally speaking, they've they're rolling out guys who you've not heard of and there's probably a reason for that. So defensively I don't see it.
6: Yeah, and again, I think this is a year where they're going to see if these guy, any of these guys can pan out. And if not, again, they've got the draft capital from the trade with Carolina, and I, I forget who they traded down. They went from 9 to 10. Uh, you know, They traded back another pick. I forget who that uh, team uh, they exchanged with. But they do have some draft capital in the future so that uh, they can possibly utilize to upgrade the roster in whatever areas um, may be slipping. Again, we mentioned their skill players. Uh, I think we've also talked about the Bears' offensive line. I mean, they they did they did uh, draft the uh, the tackle out of Tennessee in the first round, but still, to to say the least, Mark Hearing still pretty questionable in the offensive line,
7: exceptionally questionable. Yeah. But I'd say, Brad. Um, I don't have a lot of faith that the Bears' offensive line is going to be able to keep keep um, Mr. Fields upright, and that's going to be the challenge. He has to have time to make those throws. DJ Moore can do wonderful things mm-hmm. if he gets the ball, but if um, Fields is on his back. Well, um, DJ Moore pretty much a spare part at that point.
6: Yeah, so again, last year the Bears, uh, they started, you know, I don't know if people were optimistic about uh, where the Bears were going last year, but they started 2-1 and one and then proceeded to lose 13 of their final 14 games to finish an abysmal 3-14 and 14 on the season. So when we say the Bears are going to be better than last year, again, not a very high bar to clear. Uh, I think uh, it's safe to say the Bears will probably be the bottom feeders of the NFC North division again. How many wins they get to? I don't know. Six, maybe seven on the high end.
7: Seven would be the high end. I would say six is probably a more likely number. It could
6: be five. So, and they've also the thing that also confused me is um, they brought in uh, Matt. Is it Eberflus? Eberflus. I I never know how I think to it's pronounce Eberflus. it. Eberflus. Uh, first year coach last year. You know, obviously coming into a difficult situation, attempt to put his stamp on on the organization, but more of a defensive coach. Uh, and you would think a guy with a, uh, their uh, general manager's um, uh, pedigree. Uh, I I never Ryan Poles. I don't know. Yeah. I I kept wanting to say Ryan Pace. No, Ryan Poles. I don't know why Ryan Pace came to mind. Ryan they, Poles, formerly with uh, Kansas City. Uh, somewhat surprising, he didn't give Eric Bieniemy a look, given how familiar he was with Bieniemy's pedigree and the fact that hey, the Bears have some, at least going into last year, decent offensive skill players, starting with the quarterback. Um, any uh, any rationale as to why they didn't even give Bienemy a look? I know, I know, that's last year's. Talking point, But it just seemed odd to me that they'd go with a defensive-minded coach.
7: I don't know. I think it's just um, kind of the default position. Chicago, they've had defensive-minded coaches for as long as I can remember. They've And when they've tried offensive-minded coaches— um, Matt, Matt Nagy? Matt yeah. Nagy would yeah. be a fine example. Yeah, it didn't
6: go <laughs> Mark well. Trestman? Mark Trestman. Oh, okay. oh yeah, the it. list goes <laughs> on. So there you have it. Uh, again, I think uh, the Bears are going to bring up the, uh, the rear of the division— Uh, again, a year of transition, see what you have, and then use the draft picks that you get in future drafts to upgrade the roster. Uh, It sounds as though they're going to be in a pretty good position salary cap wise as well. So after this season, the bears are definitely going to have some options going into 2024. The hope for them is that they're able to identify guys that are going to be there to stay and that they can just build around them. So, Uh, Again, uh, I think we can boldly predict the Bears will finish last in the NFC North, um, the high end being six or seven wins. So uh, we know we have some Bears fans, friends of ours uh, that may or may not be listening. So sorry.
7: Well, um, sorry, not sorry, I guess is what I would say.
6: (laughs) But uh, brighter days uh, are ahead. At least the potential for brighter days are ahead given the salary cap situation and the draft picks, the high draft picks that they have going forward. So that is the Chicago Bears for segment number one. When we come back for segment number two, we want to bear down for this one, actually. When we come back for segment number two, we're going to be talking about these Detroit Lions. Mark Hearing, fellow uh, fellow, uh, NFC North enthusiast, Packers fan, me being a Vikings fan, talking NFC North on the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Go nowhere.
1: Salmon fishing in Alaska, at an amusement park in Green Bay, or taking a stroll through Loring Park. We're where you are. Stream AM 1280 The Patriot at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app.
2: Me and my wife Lisa would definitely recommend JTR Ruffing. Hey, it's Mike from Chanhassen. The storm damage that we had was uh, golf ball size hail chunks, and it cracked some of the the existing tiles. Putting this roof on, it's a little complicated. We had to take our copper gutters off that JTR helped us out on, and uh, you needed some roofers that really knew what they were doing. And we also uh, had some damage uh, on some of the sliding doors facing the lake where we live off of, and they were able to work with Marvin, and we'll be putting the windows in with help from JTR on that also. JTR probably, I think what really stood out to both my wife and myself was they showed up prior to the workers starting to work every other morning just to make sure things were right. And the timing of it and the respect of the property and everything else, the workers were terrific. And and me and my wife, Lisa, would definitely recommend JTR Roofing.
4: Contact JTR
0: Roofing now for your siding, roofing, and window needs.
8: Happened. Now, I take Relief Factor every day. Almost 70% of the more than half a million people who have tried Relief Factor end up ordering more. That's because it works for them the way it worked for me. Isn't it time for you to get out of pain? Your first step to becoming pain free should be to order the three week quick start for the discounted price of only $19.95. Go to ReliefFactor.com or call 800 for relief to find out more about this offer. Feel the difference.
0: Advantage Auto Glass is your local auto glass specialist for over 20 years. Expect a lifetime warranty and no insurance hassle. Visit ReplaceMyWindshield.com. ReplaceMyWindshield.com. Chips, mix,
1: Call auto
6: glass. All right, now we're back with the Lions. Yeah, it's Detroit Lions time here in the, on the Northern Alliance Radio Network. AM 1280 the Patriot. It is your annual NFC North preview, mark Eing Packers fan me Brad Carlson Vikings fan. talking about the only division we really care about or pay the most attention to, I guess you could say yeah, the Detroit Lions uh, they were uh, they had some uh, reasonably high expectations. Uh, last year they uh, went into the season second full I believe it was the second full season with uh, coach Dan Campbell. Uh, they started very very slow in 2021 and then had a nice end to the 21 season. It's like, okay, maybe 22 will be better. Uh, you know, possible playoff berth. Well, then they started 1-6. and six. Uh, In the midst of that start, they traded uh, their top tight end, TJ Hawkinson, to the Vikings. Thank you very much. We appreciated that. And the way they were losing games, there was speculation that after the 1-6 and six start, Dan Campbell could very well be fired. And all of a sudden, when all of the expectations are away from the Lions, all of the Attention is taken away from them. They go and win eight of their final nine games. Is that how that, Yeah. Eight of their final nine games uh, or excuse me, eight of their final 10 games, I should say to finish the season nine and eight, just on the outside, looking into the playoff uh, picture. So once again, Dan Campbell is the type of coach players will run through walls for him. And uh, the Lions had a pretty good draft, which we'll get to in a minute. So, uh, Mark, hearing the expectations like they were after a 2011 playoff appearance and 2014 playoff appearance are relatively high for the Detroit Lions, but if we've known anything about the Lions for the past half century plus, on the rare occasions they do have expectations that don't really live up to them. No, since about
7: 1957, I believe. So, I mean, that's, that'll tell you something. The Lions, um, there's probably no franchise in all of professional sports that's had more of an enduring Futility than the Detroit Lions, which will tell you
6: something. I mean, the meme that's kind of circulating out there is uh, is former President John F. Kennedy has missed exactly one Detroit Lions playoff victory uh, since he <laughs> was president. It's like, okay, if that if that doesn't put it in perspective for you, uh, I don't know what will. But yeah, so the Lions uh, going into this season, um, they didn't. Uh, they one of the things that they really wanted to work on. They were. Engage in a lot of very close games to start that season, that 1-6 season. A lot of high-scoring games, which kind of tells you they couldn't really stop anybody. So did they, in your mind, effectively address uh, the defensive secondary uh, portion? Uh, because that was something that was really a concern for them going into uh, last season and remained a legit concern throughout the year.
7: They picked up one guy who was a very good player, um, C.J. Gardner-Johnson, who played for the Saints. uh, Safety, very strong safety, and I have no question in my mind that he's going to help them. He's a good player. They already had Kirby Joseph back there, who was a rookie, um, was the personal tormentor of Aaron Rodgers, um, who is no longer, of course, a factor in the NFC North, but um, we can talk about that later. Anyway, um, that's going to help. Question is, did the Detroit Lions do enough elsewhere on defense to make a difference because they are really looking like potentially an Air Coriel kind of team to me where they're going to score a lot of points but I'm not sure they can stop anybody even still
6: I, I you know and I think Aiden Hutchinson is legit I mean he was oh, yeah. an absolute beast on that defensive line so they've got the talent no question they've got the talent uh on, on the team overall defensively again it's a little lacking is it can some of these young players step into this? Some of these high-profile roles that they're hoping for. Again, you mentioned uh, Chauncey Gardner Johnson. Hopefully, a guy that they could, that they could step up and help uh, really thwart what was a just a porous pass defense, particularly the first seven games of the year. I mean, it was like it, it was like a pinball machine. Some of these scoring ga- high-scoring games that were taking place, offensive side of the ball. Uh, Obviously, Jared Goff is a guy that is coming back, had a solid year last year. Uh, Jameer Gibbs is a guy they drafted out of Alabama, running back. You know, we talk about uh, the running back position that uh, a lot of running backs, high-profile running backs, are really bristling at how the position, in their eyes, is being devalued. And I look at it as simple supply and demand. You get a guy, he gives you 1,500 yards a season for three, four seasons. But what comes with a guy like that is a lot of wear and tear. So if you can bring in a guy right out of college, even a late-round pick, and he can contribute to your football team literally right away, I mean, again, simple economics, supply and demand, you're going to go with a guy like that. So Jameer Gibbs is the guy that's going to uh, step in there. Amon Ross St. Brown. Really good young wide receiver. They did take a hit at the receiver position. Jamison Williams suspended, what is it, the first six games? Six games, yes. Was it for gambling? For
7: gambling, yes. Um, Only Detroit. (laughs) Yeah, channeling Alex Karras, I
6: guess. There you go. Uh, Oh, boy, there's a a blast from the past. Yes. Will he wear the Alex Karras uh, number on his uh, armband when he comes back? That would probably be in poor taste. uh, I think so. Yeah, there you go. So uh, offensively, they, they definitely have the skill positions. Um, Jared Goff has always been a guy, and I know we talked a little bit about this before the show. He had his success with the Rams. He was number one overall pick at him back in 2016, 2015 time frame, and, took, and was the quarterback when the Rams went to the Super Bowl against the Patriots back after the 2018 season. So he's had good runs with teams, but for whatever reason, the Rams were eager to get rid of him. And, obviously, it worked out for the Rams because they got a a proven veteran in Matthew Stafford who led them to a Super Bowl victory. Jared Goff, well, he's had a couple of solid seasons. Is he a guy that you can really rely upon to carry your team? Uh, Because, as we were talking about, that Rams team, they had a lot surrounding him in that 2018 season.
7: Um, Goff, to me, feels like a game manager, and I think that's what Sean McVay thought as well, and that's ultimately why he decided he wanted to go with Stafford. He needed somebody who brought something extra to the festivity, so to speak. And that's my impression. If you watch Jared Goff play, if everything's going right, um, he's going to be very effective. Of course, that's true of just about any quarterback in the National Football sure. League. If you have all the time in the world and you have wide open wide receivers, of course you're going to look good. These guys are pretty trained professionals, so not surprising. But when things start to go south on him, Goff seems to panic. He makes bad throws. I've seen him in other games where he'll make just the killer interception, and then you've got a problem. And to me, I think that's the challenge. I'm not sure that he is going to be the quarterback to take the lines where they really think they're going to go this year, and I think he's going to be a limiting factor.
6: Yeah, also, uh, in addition to – they had a couple of first-round picks. In addition, we referred to Jameer Gibbs, our running back out of Alabama. They had some issues on defense. Uh, What can you tell us about Jack Campbell? He was a linebacker out of Iowa. They picked number 18 overall. We're Big Ten enthusiasts as well, Mark Hearing?
7: Yep, classic Big Ten middle linebacker type. Really, I mean, a fine player. He's huge. He's 6'5", 250. He's basically the middle linebacker from central casting. And Iowa historically is a very strong defensive team. He'll be good. Will he be good enough to make a difference on that defense overall? It's hard to say. I don't know that he will necessarily. They're going to need more pieces than what they've got right now. The rest of the linebackers on that team, Alex Anzalone is okay. They're, um, they've got um, about three or four guys named McQuara. Uh I don't know. it. I don't see it.
6: One of the uh, aspects that the Lions are concerned about, you know, to talk about Jared Goff if he has time to throw. That's a s- significant concern. Uh, the talk is that their their uh, tackles, their bookend tackles, uh, Taylor Decker, Pene Sewell, it was a significant drop off last year and it was reflected in the fact that uh early on you know they i get it they scored a lot of points but oh my gosh Koff took some took some s- significant hits which again i don't know i don't even know who the lions backup quarterback is but you don't want that person to see the field so that is something that is a concern as well. Is there anything you could tell us about the interior of the line? I mean, is that going to be some sort of saving grace? Because they've got – they invested a significant draft pick in a running back, and you're going to want the interior of the line shored up for, for that kind of game. So um, will they be able to provide some sort of off-balance offensive attack?
7: I hope so for their sake because Frank Ragnow their center, is a good player. He's probably top half of the league among the NFL centers, but – um the guards, um, they're guys. Um, Jonah Jackson is one of them. A uh, guy who I'd have a hard time pronouncing Hala Halaputave Vitae or something like that. That's, okay. that's my best guess on that one. He's just a guy, too. So I, to me, it's, that's going to be a question. I think their offensive line generally is pretty good, though. The tackles are good if they're healthy. Staying healthy is going to be the challenge for them and we're going to have to see if they're going to be able to do that because if that offensive line starts to have any further slippage, then, again, they're going to be in the same postures that the Bears are where you have
6: skilled position
7: players out there who aren't going to see the ball because there won't be time for the ball to get to them.
6: Speaking of quarterbacks, uh, they kind of took a flyer in Hendon Hooker. Uh, does that do anything
7: for you, Mark Hearing Good player. Um, coming off a very significant injury in college, um, they like him as a potential replacement Um We'll have to see. I guess it's really going to depend on the severity of the injury. So he's got a chance to be a pretty good player. Um, Lions have almost as dismal a history with quarterbacks as the Bears do, though. So it's one of those things where I don't, you know, maybe he will turn into something. Maybe he will be Andre Ware.
6: Uh, I mean, just looking back at last year, I mean, Jared Goff, despite uh, some of the some of the hits that he did take, and again, the the, the tackles were were pretty good. But again, the drop off after them, you know, is, is pretty nerve wracking. As I guess with any team, sure, you know, with high profile tackles. But he played all seventeen games, and the only other player, the only other quarterback to throw a pass was something called Jack Fox. He threw one pass, mm-hmm. so that just tells you if Jack Fox or Nate Sudfeld see the field. And again, I don't know if Jack Fox is even still with the team. Hendon Hooker, if Hendon Hooker sees the field, that's not a good sign. Right,
7: and that's the thing. I mean quarterbacking in this league is that way. And in the NFC, the quarterbacking generally isn't very good. That's going to be a theme we'll pick up later on, too, in terms of who's a, who are the best quarterbacks in the NFC because I think one of the answers may surprise some of our listeners.
6: So we've got uh, Chicago Bears uh, finishing last. The, the Lions, I you know, I thought overall had a pretty good offseason, had a very good draft. Um, but, again, these are guys that are potential, potential doesn't win you, win you games. It's how you perform on the field. And, we you know, there are some proven players that they have on the defensive side of the ball. If that defense takes a step forward, and, you know, and again, you could say it about all teams, if an o- the offensive line stays healthy, uh, this could be a, a good team. So we can do all the analysis we want, but I'm just – I've been following – I've been a football fan for close to a half century, and all I can say is of the very few occasions – where the lions have had any kind of expectations 100% of the time they failed to live up to them. So I'm a, I'll believe it when I see it guy. I don't think the lions are going to win double digit games. They may finish around 500. They were nine and eight last year. I think they could get, I think they could get there this year, maybe even be a little bit below 500. Some people think that's crazy given the talent they have, but I'm a believer when I see it guy, Mark hearing,
7: I feel the same way. I think, um, Nine wins would be a pretty good guess. Eight, nine wins is probably where it's going to be. They're going to be right around five hundred again. They might be a better team than last year and still end up with the same record just because of the way it's going to play out.
6: If I remember right, the first the NFL regular season debut, of course, takes place on a Thursday. They play the Chiefs, right? Yep, we'll know a lot then. Yeah, that will definitely show us something. Again, I get it, it's one game, but if you can go toe-to-toe with the Super Bowl champions... That'll show us something. So the Detroit Lions uh, analysis in the books coming up next. Mark's Green Bay Packers. Uh, they uh, had a few players move on. We'll talk a little bit more about that when we come back. AM a- 12 8 of the Patriot, Northern Alliance, Radio Network, NFC North Preview with Mark Hearing back in mere moments. America,
4: Did you know you were kicking in your mommy's tummy before you were born? We were.
6: Please call 1-800-366-7773, 1-800-366-7773 or visit our website at prolifeacrossamerica.org. Pro Life Across America is non-political and totally educational.
1: A baby's heart is beating 18 days from conception. Pro Life
3: That's 800-504-1123. George
5: Orwell's book, 1984, was supposed to be fiction, not a roadmap. He understood the importance of this mindset when he said, if liberty means anything at all, it means the right to tell people what they do not want to hear. Today, more than ever, our classrooms have become a place of conformity and not liberty. Join Rebecca Hagstrom and Abigail Johnson as they lead the conversation about what's required to take steps forward in putting these liberties back in our classrooms and our country education america tackles the biggest issues around education including critical race theory racial equity school choice and so much more tune into education america save the classroom save the country saturday evenings at 6 on am 1280 the patriot saving the classroom starts with being informed and being ready to stand up join rebecca and abigail saturdays at 6 p.m on am 1280 the Patriot.
6: Hey, welcome back, AM 128 the Patriot.
0: Tell all the people across the USA
6: Northern Alliance Radio Network. I love my Green Bay it's me, Brad Carlson. Thanks so much for tuning in. Yes, it's our NFC North preview. I love my Green Bay and oh, we're in Mark Hearing's wheelhouse right now. Mark is my co-host for this annual show. Mark is a Green Bay Packers fan. Yeah, we're going to be talking about the Packers' uh, upcoming season. Uh, to say it's a season to transition, yeah, it's a, it's a bit of an understatement. Uh, some of the uh, key losses they suffered in uh, free agency, uh, wide receivers Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb moved on to the New York Jets. Uh, Adrian Amos, Mercedes Lewis uh, left as free agents. Did they sign anywhere, Mark Ehring? Uh I don't know if they did or not. Robert Tanya, we yep. mentioned, went to Chicago. Yep. Um and there was one big high-profile trade I seem to be leaving out. Oh, yeah, for the second time in 15 years, the Packers trade a future Hall of Fame quarterback to the New York Jets. Yeah, that would be Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers, uh, I guess, if I'm doing my math correctly. Yeah, 15 seasons as a starter. Uh, again, amassed a Hall of Fame career. I remember vividly uh, back going into the 2008 season, the I. Can't even fathom the pressure that was on Rogers, particularly in light of then uh, general manager Ted Thompson fielding questions from his from fans. And to his credit, he sat there, signed autographs, took all the slings and arrows from the fans about letting Favre go. And it's like, you know, ah, yeah, we're in the we're in a Super Bowl now. We're in a toilet bowl, is what one guy said to Ted Thompson. And mm-hmm. Ted Thompson was like, I, I just I just don't agree. And Ted Thompson was vindicated. Third full season as a starter, Rodgers. Wins a Super Bowl. Um, you having a finger on the pulse of Packer Nation, Mark Hearing I don't sense there was as much trepidation moving on from Rodgers and transitioning to Jordan Love, was there?
7: No, there wasn't. And ultimately, I think it's because Aaron, to a certain extent, kind of started to wear out his welcome. He wasn't effective in a couple of playoff appearances. He didn't play well against Tampa. And then he didn't play well against the 49ers. And last year, when they had an opportunity to make the playoffs and they lost the lines on the field at Lambeau, I think that kind of got people thinking maybe it's time beyond that. Just, you know, the incredible accumulation of weirdness that um, Aaron's um, (laughs) responsible for. I mean, I mean, he's fine on Pat McAfee podcasts um, on the field. Um, He had moments of brilliance, but um, other moments that left you scratching your head. So, I think, although there's obviously a lot of trepidation about having to start over again, I think people were ready to give it a shot.
6: Yeah, and again, you know, obviously Rodgers moving on, Alan Lazard certainly was uh, was one of his go to guys for for a few years. Um, a significant loss. Let's let's not let's not kid ourselves, but. The Cupboard's not bare, Mark, hearing. They had a pretty solid draft, a guy that they drafted out of Iowa, another Iowa draft pick in the NFC North. Uh, what can you tell us about him?
7: Okay, well, the the guy that they drafted in the first round, Lucas Van Ness, is an edge rusher um, from Iowa. He is built like um, his nickname, which is Hercules. They call him Hercules. He's, um, he's 6'5", 275, basically looks like a Greek god. And um, he made a lot of plays all over the field for Iowa. Having said that, though, he's probably not going to play much on defense this year because the Packers have a tendency of taking their edge rushers and giving them almost a redshirt season. They did that with Rashawn Gary when they took him out of Michigan about three or four years ago. And now Gary is one of the best edge rushers in the league. Okay, And so I think they're going to try to do the same thing with Van Ness. The guy that they're... Some other guys that they drafted later on are ones that are the people to watch, particularly in the second round where they've had significant success over the years in terms of getting wide receiver and tight end talent. Um, They picked up Jaden Reed, who is a wide receiver out of Michigan State, kind of a slot guy, and um, he will take over the role that Randall Cobb had. He's faster than Cobb. Um, He did drop a few balls at uh, Michigan State, but he has shown a lot of talent, and I think he's got some a certain amount of explosiveness that they haven't seen before. Tight end-wise, they drafted a guy named Luke Musgrave, who is out of Oregon State, who is built essentially like a young Jimmy Graham, and a um, guy who's going to be able to get open in the middle of the field. And the way Matt LaFleur prefers to run his offense, which he hasn't really been able to do because Aaron Rodgers essentially ran the offense sure. for the last three or four seasons— Tight end is a hugely important position in the Packer playbook, and I think in this season you're going to see Musgrave make some big plays over the middle, which will open things up for their other receivers out on the wings, some of whom are very good. Christian Watson, we saw examples of him really coming on last season. Mm -hmm. He's got great speed, um, and he should be really good. And Romeo Dobbs had his moments as well. So Packers, I think, have guys who can – Get the football. Again, the question is Will Jordan Love be able to deliver the football? It's a different question than we've talked about with the Bears and the Lions, where there's a concern that their quarterbacks are going to be running for their lives. They won't have that problem in Green Bay. The Packers have. Probably the best offensive line in the division, top to bottom. So Love should have the opportunity. The question is, will he be good enough? One thing he's got going for him that will help him is that he also might have the best running back tandem in the division in Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, who are both proven veterans. Jones, in particular, is a really good running back who's done a lot of good things in Green Bay over the years.
6: Yeah, and obviously that you know we we talk about all of the uh, upgrades that they did make on defense uh, through the draft. Certainly, the the cornerback tandem Rasul Douglas, Jair Alexander, one of the probably the one of the best in the division, if not the best in the division. Um, but depth, as always, is a concern. We can talk about all of the make all these bold predictions about what these teams can do and their projected starters and whatnot, but. The caveat is always, if they stay healthy. So um, what can you tell us about uh, any kind of depth that the Packers might have on defense, Mark Herring? Uh
7: Not a lot. That's the question. Um, at least not proven depth, put it that way. Defensive backs, Jair Alexander is elite. There's no question. He's about the only guy who had, did anything against Justin Jefferson in that second game. He was very good against him. Rasul Douglas is a proven pro. Their safeties are questionable okay and that's going to be a challenge so teams are they're going to have to be able to stop people up the middle and I'm not 100% convinced that's going to happen Darnell Savage has not developed the way they thought they picked up Tarvarius Moore who was from the 49ers a decent player but the 49ers were willing to let him go which should tell you something so there's a, some questions there I think they're Theoretically, on paper, the Packers could have the best defense in the division. They certainly have the best overall talent in the division on defense. The question is coaching. Um, There have been a lot of questions about Joe Barry, the defensive coordinator, and his acumen, or lack thereof. You want to get a Packer fan wound up, ask him about that. And then in the meantime...
6: I've seen it on a certain blog I follow that gives Packer predictions every week.
7: Yeah, you might see a little (laughs) bit of that, actually. So it's one of those things. But um, I think generally speaking, one of the things that had been thought is that when Aaron Rodgers let the Packers are going to fall apart, I'm not convinced that's going to be the case. Oh, I'm not either, yeah. Because there's a lot of talent that was left behind. It's not as if the cupboard were bare. And so they're going to have a chance to be pretty decent overall, but the question is Jordan Love. Is he up to the task?
6: Yeah, preseason, he's looked fantastic. Hard to glean a whole lot from preseason, though. Uh, the one thing that I looked at last year when he subbed for an injured Aaron Rodgers, it was a Sunday night game against the Eagles. Who were already, were You already knew that this was the best team in the NFC, and they almost won the Super Bowl. Uh, Jordan Love went toe-to-toe with Jalen Hurts in that game. It was like a 40-33 to game uh, that the Eagles ended up winning, but Just that, again, I get it. It's a small sample size, but it showed he wasn't intimidated by the surroundings, particularly in a hostile environment. It's a very good team.
7: Yeah, it suggests the possibility of better things. One of the things the Packers have done historically, and of course they did it with Rodgers, is they're willing to draft a guy and let him learn for a couple seasons, and that's what they've done. Mm -hmm. It's the same formula. We're going to have to see if it works. Jordan Love has a big arm. There's no question about it. He's got sufficient mobility for the position. He's not just in fields. He can't run around all over the place. Right. But they won't ask him to do that. So I think if he stays in the pocket and just picks his spots, I think he'll have a chance because there is some talent out there. Some of it has to be proven, but theoretically it could work out quite well for them. He's got what it takes in theory. The question is when the bullets start flying, how will he handle it? And we don't know the answer to that yet. We have suggestions.
6: So Packers were 8-9 and nine last season. Uh, do you expect around the same improvement? What do you think, Mark? Around the
7: same. I think people thought that they might fall off and be a 4-5 or five win team. I've oh, seen no that for sure. No way. Yeah. they will be much better than that. Middle of the division.
6: Okay. So we will wrap up our annual NFC North preview with the Minnesota Vikings taking the final segment to do so right here, AM 1280, the Patriot Northern Alliance Radio Network with fellow NFC North enthusiast Mark Hearing. Go nowhere.
1: From Glencoe to New Mexico and Apple Valley to Napa Valley, Intelligent Radio, we're where you are. Stream AM 1280 The Patriot at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. C.S. Lewis once said, Education without values seems to make man a more clever devil. A Christian education is the solution to this problem and can be yours for half price for your child's first year. TwinCitiesTuitions.com and area schools are working together to make this a reality for families just like yours. Now you can equip your child with the knowledge and moral foundation needed for them to make an impact in today's world. To see the full list of participating half-off tuition institutions, go to TwinCitiesTuitions.com.
9: That's TwinCitiesTuitions.com. Hey there, this is Tim from the Kingdom Builders. Autumn and all the falling leaves are currently behind us, so clogged gutters and downspouts may not be currently on your mind. But fall will be here before we know it, so now is the time to plan ahead. At the Kingdom Builders, we have always tried to bring you the best gutter cover for your particular situation. Now, we all know there's a lot of gutter covers available out there. Some of them are just junk. Some are way overpriced. The good news is that over the winter, our gutter crews have researched and tested a wide range of gutter covers, so we now offer even more options for you. If you want to be done with clogged gutters and downspouts and don't want to be up on the ladder continuously when the leaves are falling, contact us and we can show you the best and affordable options to keep leaves and debris out of your gutters and downspouts. Give us a call at 612-900-9166 or contact us at thekingdombuilders.com and we'll set up a time to stop by. As we always say, we're not salesmen, we're just great roofers and
4: gutter installers. We noticed we had a leak in our roof. Hey, I'm Brenda from Stillwater, Minnesota. We noticed some water staining in our ceiling by our chimney. This is our first time working with JTR Roofing. A close friend had recommended them and had a great experience. They ended up replacing our roof and performed the work on our chimney. I would recommend JTR Roofing because they were reliable, friendly, there were no hidden costs in their quotes, and the craftsmanship was outstanding. Not only did they do an outstanding job on our home, but also they support the community. They've had a good reputation in the 30 years that they've been in business. And just overall, it was just a wonderful experience working with the company. I was absolutely satisfied with the work. Absolutely. We're thinking about having our windows replaced, and we will be calling JTR. Go to JTRRoofingInc.com. That's JTRRoofingInc.com.
2: What is dedication? People ask, how your children learn how to ride a bike, and you didn't. I just created an environment where they taught themselves, and all I had to do was be there. That's
0: Dedication. Visit fatherhood.gov to hear more. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the
6: Ad Council. Hey, welcome back. AM 1280, the Patriot Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. And my fellow NFC North enthusiast, Mark Hearing. Mark being a Packers fan, myself being a Vikings fan. This is the only division that matters to us when it comes to NFL chatter. And, of course, we're going to wrap up with the aforementioned Minnesota Vikings. Uh, I've uh, talked about before, I, um, I'm a realist when it comes to the Vikings. And even with my most uh, rose-colored glasses, I don't think I would have predicted a 13-4 and season last year for my Vikings. But uh, they did uh, win 13 games. 11 of the 13 games were by one score or less, uh, Kirk Cousins. I think answered a lot of the doubters, myself included. I'm raising my hand. I, uh, I don't, Mark. I don't know if you recall this, but it was several months. Well, it was just after the Vikings hired Kevin O'Connell as their head coach. Soon thereafter, they signed Kirk Cousins to an extension and threw in a no-trade clause. And I went ballistic. I was like, "Oh boy, that, our preview can't come soon enough because I'm going to have something to say about that." Because my, my thing was Kirk, had, Kirk hit his ceiling. He maybe can get you to the playoffs and win a playoff game, and that's it. And we need more than that to capitalize on this window, especially when you have a player uh, generational talent like Justin Jefferson. But Kirk, he uh, he, I'll I'll be honest, I was very pleasantly surprised by what he was able to do last year. He didn't have his best numbers, threw a lot more interceptions, but you know what? That told me he wasn't willing to wait for conditions to be ideal. That was the knock on Kirk before. He was sitting back there waiting for the perfect route, the perfect opening, and as we know in the NFL mark hearing, that just isn't there. So even though he didn't put up his best numbers and even though his yards per attempt was down a little bit, I think his first year in this offense, God help me, he took some steps forward.
7: I agree. I think, you know, Kirk, it's funny because if you think about it, we were talking about this before the show started. Kirk, it may be, for all the slings and arrows he's taken here in the media and everything else and all the things about his limitations, if you kind of analyze it and you look at the quarterbacking in the NFC, Kirk might be the number two quarterback in the NFC. He is rock solid. He makes a mistake here and there, but generally speaking, when the game is on the line, and particularly showed it last season, he made the plays that he had to make, and there's a reason the Vikings were 13 and four, and he was one of the primary reasons for that because there were plays that had to be made in multiple games last season. At the end, I'm thinking in particular the New York Jets game, he got it done.
6: Yeah, yeah. I I, I don't know if anybody if if anybody out there has watched the Netflix series uh, "Quarterback." It was a documentary series where uh, these uh, documentary folks got unfettered access to Patrick Mahomes, Marcus Mariota, and Kirk Cousins. And I'll tell you, um, if you want to call it propaganda, fine. I was sucked into the propaganda. I became a big time Kirk believer after watching his play on the field last year and then seeing what went on behind the scenes. I mean, he got the tar kicked out of him in some of these games and did not miss and did not miss, I don't think he missed a snap. He may have missed a snap or two, but that's it. He this is the one thing that I have uh discounted about Kirk Cousins is how durable he's been. He's missed two games as a Vikings quarterback in his five seasons. One was at the end of 2019 when they already clinched the playoff spot. Their spot was solidified, so they sat him the final game of the season. And then the other one was the Lambeau Field game where he had COVID. Where I think uh, Garrett Bradbury had the biggest offensive play for the Vikings in yes. the 2021 game. So, yeah, uh, that was a game where uh, it was pretty much a fait accompli. Mike Zimmer was going to get fired. We don't need to reminisce too much about that, but the point is he's been incredibly durable for this team. And the one criticism that I, you know, myself included, had of him is a lot of his numbers he compiled in garbage time. Yeah, he threw for 4,500 yards and 35 touchdowns, but how many of that was after the the game was well decided and the vikings were down by 20 plus points okay he he had a lot of that but last year when you win a when when you win 13 games and 11 of those wins were by one score or less okay you're not piling up a lot of yards in garbage time so he finally answered a lot of the critics to where can he lead comebacks he did he led several fourth quarter comebacks and also primetime games primetime uh, th- i'm thinking of the thursday night game in particular thanksgiving night against the patriots i get it. the patriots aren't what they were but it's still a pretty tough draw on a Thursday night. He had an impressive game that time. So uh, does this mean he's can take a step forward and win multiple playoff games? You know, that remains to be seen because they were one and done last year. However, however, and it's amazing the, the turnaround I've had. Now I'm starting to sound like a Kirk apologist. In the history of the NFL, when a team has completed 80% of their passes, have allowed no turnovers, or committed no turnovers and allowed zero sacks, they have won every single time except one, the game against the Giants in the playoffs last year. The Vikings completed percent, 80% of their passes, had no turnovers, allowed no sacks, and lost. So that's not on Kirk Cousins.
7: No, it's not. So
6: now we transition to the defensive side of the ball. Uh, to say they're going to be better, again, not really going over much of a high bar when you're thir- you ranked like 31st overall in total yards allowed. Uh, gone is defensive coordinator Ed Donna, uh, Donatel, who you know, or you at least remember somewhat. Mark. Oh yeah. Another guy you remember? Uh, defensive lineman Darius Smith had a terrific first half of the season for the Vikings. Unfortunately, bit by the injury bug and fell off. Longtime linebacker Eric Kendricks gone. Patrick Peterson, who was reliable for them in the defensive backfield, he started to get a little aged though. He's gone. Uh, Brian Flores is the new defensive coordinator. Uh, he had success in New England, was turned around a just an awful laid bare Miami Dolphins team as their head coach, and when the owner wanted him to lose, he didn't. Uh, so now he comes to the Vikings as their defensive coordinator. So I'm going to be interesting to see how this shakes out. Really the only big free agent signing they made on the defensive side of the ball, well, a couple actually, um, Marcus Davenport, who they're hoping – has a Zadarius Smith type of resurgence, at least first half Zedarius Smith type resurgence. Cornerback Byron Murphy, who they picked up as a free agent from the Cardinals, is a guy that they hope can shore up their secondary. And that's it. The secondary is a great unknown. You have a Caleb Evans, Andrew Booth Jr., and Louis Seen, guy safeties or corners that they've drafted over the past few years, We just don't know anything. They haven't been able to stay on the field.
7: Yeah, that's been the issue. And I think the thing with the D-backs for the Vikings is they've got to be good because given the talent in the division, and we've listed a lot of very good receivers in the division, they're going to have to be able to hold up to that, and that's going to be the challenge. If I'm a Vikings fan, I'm glad they kept um, Harrison Smith back there just you know, kind of for the stability and being the voice of reason And being a guy who's smart enough, a coach on the field, he'll help to make sure that what Flores is teaching actually sticks with these guys. That's going to be the challenge, though, is ultimately, will they be able to? Um, hold up under those circumstances. I don't see a lot of great talent on their defensive line. They picked up Dean Lowry from the Packers. Um, he was just a guy for us, so I don't think he's going to be much better for the Vikings. I don't see any reason to believe that. There's potentially quite a lot of talent, though, among the linebackers and the edge rushers. You've still got Daniil Hunter, who's a great player. You've got um, Davenport, who's got a lot of potential. DJ Wanham has shown us some things in the past, so there's a potential there and i think that's going to be the key is how is the defense going to hold up jordan hicks is he going to take a step forward there's you know yeah a lot,
6: lot of question marks a lot, a lot of question, question marks
7: yeah. but i think if you're talking about just an overall baseline the viking defense is going to probably be better even if it's a certain amount of addition by subtraction
6: yeah, and then the offensive side of the ball, uh, their first round draft pick, number twenty three overall, Jordan Addison, Jordan Addison out of USC. So that'll be a fine compliment. Obviously, Justin Jefferson is the is the elf on that team. Uh, I I I feel like KJ Osborne gets short shrifted a lot. I don't know why he's a good player. Yeah, I don't know why uh, TJ Hawkinson. Now that's a concern. He's a good tight end, but he hasn't seen much of the field in training camp and whatnot because he's been battling nagging injuries Josh Oliver tight end free agent tight end out of Baltimore they would rely on him to step up they were hoping to be for him to be more of a blocking tight end uh what he would be in that role I have I have no idea so uh but the big loss uh the big subtraction I guess you could say Dalvin Cook they cut moves on free agent picked up by the Jets Alexander Madison more of a full-time role this isn't my original take but it's one I agree with uh Judd Zolgad on another network made a good point I didn't really think of. With Dalvin Cook, you're gonna get a guy who is explosive, can get the big play for you, run for 40, 50 yard touchdown, take a screen pass, run for touchdown, what have you. But if you're running between the tackles, he suffered a lot of no gains or tackles for losses. And when you're in third and when you're in second and twelve, third and eight, that's not as desirable as say second and eight, third and four. And with Alexander Madison, you're going to be in a lot of those ladder situations because he's going to get positive yardage. He's probably not going to get a lot of explosive runs, but he might get you positive yardage. Caveat is: can he stay on the field? He's had injury issues too. That's
7: the issue. Is he a bell cow? We're about to find out.
6: So, Mark Hearing, uh, I'm predicting the Vikings will sneak into the playoffs. 10 or 11 wins is about my ceiling
7: that's what i'm thinking i think they win the division 10 11 games they won't win 13 but they will not fall off that far
6: mark always a pleasure to talk to you sir thanks for coming in
7: thanks for having me
6: and folks thank you godspeed my friends have a blessed week hey you're up next Ugh, my throat hurts so bad there's no way
8: i can sing tonight here try these Vicks Vapo Cool Drops. Yeah, Vicks Vapo Cool Drops has maximum strength menthol with a rush of Vicks Vapors. Ooh,
4: I can already feel it.
8: I told you. So, you ready? I'm ready. Please welcome to
1: the Vaporize sore throat pain fast with Vicks Vapo Cool Drops. Attorney
0: CPA Joe Cordell. Divorce forces a father to focus on what's most important, his children. You may no longer be a husband, but you'll always be a dad. In the divorce process, this comes down to three key concerns, physical custody, decision-making, as well as financial support. Each of these is important, and it's important that you choose a lawyer that cares as much about these issues as you do. Schedule an appointment with one of Cordell & Cordell's Twin Cities attorneys, a partner men can count on, CordellCordell.com. I
8: appeal to you to fight
1: At am1280thepatriot.com, you guide the conversation. Mike Gallagher, pro-life.
8: Ann Coulter has a warning that by the time Republicans wake up to the reality of abortion politics, there will be no elected Republicans left. And Ann is right. Hate to break it to you, we have now lost in every single state on abortion issues Since Roe v. Wade was overturned, Republican women are going to vote Democrat on this issue of abortion restrictions. And I hate it. I'm talking
1: Republican women, not, you know, blue haired, progressive hippie women. Leave my body alone. That's what they're saying. Visit AM1280thepatriot.com. Click on hosts and search for whatever's on your mind. You'll find a deep archive of intelligent commentary. Record-setting four-time Emmy Award winner Michelle Tafoya discusses politics and the state of our culture, free from mainstream media pressures. That means you'll find unhindered commentary and astute observations that bring greater depth to the topic at hand. Insight from subject matter experts and thought leaders round out the conversation. The Michelle Tafoya Podcast, free on YouTube or stream via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Salem Podcast Network.com. AM.